0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter Stronger Leader Podcast. How is your experiment going? Did you start eating more whole foods? Not so many processed foods, even if they are marketed as healthy or are made of completely healthy, uh, 100% natural ingredients. What about your goals? How is that going? Did you schedule some action steps to actually start achieving your goals? Anyway, let me know how it goes. And today I'd like to talk about just three questions. First, about intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. A lot of you guys um, listening to this podcast probably have tried it because you. Heard so many times about it from me. Um, Some of you might be wondering uh, if it's worth it. Some of you might find it difficult um, not eating for many more hours than you're used to. Um, And some people don't want to try it because you might think that, you know, you have hard times maintaining meal schedule as it is right now, maybe eating three or four meals a day and eating just for, let's say, six hours a day, eating all of your food in maybe two meals seems like, you know, seems really hard uh, in theory. But let me read you something that I read today on Science Daily. This is a recent study that was was actually published on july 24th so meal timing strategies appear to lower appetite improve fat burning and pay attention appear to lower appetite the summary of the study Researchers have discovered that meal timing strategies, such as intermittent fasting or eating earlier in the daytime, appear to help people lose weight by lowering appetite rather than burning more calories, according to a report. The study is the first to show how meal timing affects 24-hour energy metabolism when food intake and meal frequency are matched. So basically, what it says it is proven that intermittent fasting helps with weight loss, but not by magically burning more calories or improving your fat metabolism that much, but by actually decreasing your appetite. And guys, when you're naturally less hungry, everything's going to be much easier. So no matter what kind of diet you decide to do, if your appetite is lower. And one of the goals for now is weight loss for you. Or maybe you just want to finally learn how to maintain a certain weight that you are comfortable at. So lowering your appetite is one of the best things that can happen to you. Lowering your appetite to a point where uh, it's normal, where uh, it supports your nutritional needs and don't make you overeat. So healthy appetite, is probably the best tools, not so much tools, but attributes that you can have for healthy eating behavior. And so this study shows that by eating less frequent, you actually want to eat less. And from my personal experience, guys, that's exactly how it happens. Sometimes I, because uh, I travel or because uh, maybe too much stress that I fail to manage sometimes i wake up in the morning and i just you know want to eat something when i have breakfast and what do you think happens next i'm gonna have lunch and dinner but when i wake up and do my regular do my usual schedule of eating one or maybe two meals a day i want to eat much much less often i don't need to have breakfast or lunch or dinner i'm completely satisfied with well-planned one meal a day or maybe one meal and maybe one smaller meal if I'm really, really active that day. So by eating less frequent, you actually want to eat less. And that's the beauty of intermittent fasting. It doesn't make you hungry. It actually makes you less hungry. Uh, and plus, it also is proven to be really beneficial for your gut health. And so Um, this study was shared by Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who is a professor, and she's the top researcher when it comes to all these um, not-so-obvious interventions, like intermittent fasting or sauna or exposure to cold, when it comes to our health, when it comes to our longevity, uh, when it comes to um, different health benefits. And so she shared this study. Um, And She also shared something about the details of the study. So practicing time-restricted eating within a six-hour period and fasting for 18 hours improved fat burning and lowered levels of hunger hormone ghrelin compared to people who ate the exact same meals in a 12-hour period. Uh, So timing matters, guys, and there's going to be more and more research coming out that it's not just about calories. And at the end of the day, guys, what I want you to understand is that uh, people who say that calories and energy balance is all that matters, not all that matters, but it's like the most important thing when it comes to weight loss and weight maintenance, uh, energy balance, that's the most important thing. Uh, I agree with them. On that, on that, in that regard that, yes, at the end of the day, how much you eat are going to affect your weight loss or weight maintenance the most, but how you get there, that's a trickier part of that equation that they don't talk about. Uh, so when you eat less frequent, uh, you are less hungry, and that's why you eat less, and that's why you have less energy, you uh, in your body and that's why you start losing weight but if you're constantly hungry and you disregard all all these practices that help you to be less hungry, like intermittent fasting, or sleeping well, or exercising, or managing your stress well, like if you don't manage all of that, you're just gonna be hungrier, and it's gonna be so much harder, many, many times harder for you to maintain certain level of hunger to maintain a healthy weight loss. Even if you eat a healthy diet, that's still gonna be an issue if you don't pay attention to your fasting window, to your stress levels, to your sleep, to your exercise. So all of these things will make you hungrier. And yeah, you're going to eat more and you're going to have more energy stored as fat on your body. So calories matter, But what matters most is how hungry you are, and how hungry you are depends on all of these other factors, like intermittent fasting, like sleep, like stress. And that's why you need to work on these habits first and foremost, if you are someone who's interested in weight loss or healthy and simple weight maintenance. So this is the first question I wanted to talk to you about today. And then... Two other questions that are related or two other topics. Um, while doing my dance class this weekend, I started to talk to some of vegan and vegetarians who were around. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was a vegan for four years, raw vegan actually. And, uh, I know how this thinking works, you know, eating prana or energy and surviving on any food, especially if it's raw food, like all this bullshit that doesn't really have anything to do with science. It's kind of like religious thinking, something you want to believe, something that makes you special in your own head. Uh, It makes you a little bit crazy in other people's heads, but (laughs) that's beyond the point. So we started to talk and... um, I said that I don't believe anymore in vegetarian or vegan diet without um, heavy supplement supplementing to work for a human being and I started to talk about how for example certain Nutrients like omega 3 fatty acids that are essential for our good health, and especially when we develop in younger age, how you cannot get them from plant foods unless you're like, I don't know, live on seaweed, but who does that? Nobody does that. <laughs> and anyway, and then one of the girls there, she said, You can get your omega 3s from flax seeds and walnuts. Uh, and I'm like, No, they're different. Omega-3 fatty acids in marine food, or basically in fatty fish, in um, something like caviar, they are different from omega-3 fatty acids that you find in <clears throat> flax seeds, walnuts, or other land sources. And... If you Google it, you can easily find it, that there are two actually different omega-3 fatty acids. They they even have different names. So, um, you know, some of the omega-3 fatty acids are ALA, uh, Uh, omega-3 fatty acids and you know there is a whole scientific long scientific name for that and then marine omega-3s they're usually EPA and DHA so again those have long scientific names those are just um, abbreviations of those names and they have completely different structure and for our body for our brain especially we need EPA and DHA so special omega-3s that can be found only in marine sources so basically in your Fatty fish, and so um, yeah. For example, your body um, can convert some of the um, some of the omega threes from land sources into um, omega threes similar to marine sources. But I'm gonna read you something from a study. Studies of ALA or basically land omega three fatty acid. LAA metabolism in healthy young men indicated that approximately 8% of dietary LAA was converted to EPA, that we actually need as human beings, and 0-4% to was converted to DHA, that is the most vital omega-3 fatty acid that our human brain needs. In healthy young women, approximately 21% 21%, uh, converted to EPA and 9% to DHA. But that also is highly dependable on your gut health, on your metabolism, on your stress levels, on so many factors. But the conversion rate for the most people of these EPA and DHA omega-3 fatty acids that our body needs is very poor. And when you get them from things like, I don't know flaxseed oil or walnut oil, those oils are highly unstable and they oxidize very fast and you get a lot of omega-6s with a little bit of omega-3s in the mix. So even if you're going to you know, drink a lot of flaxseed oil every day, that's going to end up in a lot of calories, of course, a lot of it is not going to be absorbed. Uh, very little gonna be converted into the actual omega-3 fatty acid that we need and then also you get a a bunch of pro-inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids so and, and besides you gotta understand that During our evolution, we did not have those oils in the first place. So how would you expect a caveman to get omega-3 fatty acids if not from fish? Like, nobody would have access to that many walnuts and flax seeds on a regular basis, and you need those omega-3 fatty acids every single day. Uh, And so the point of this and the takeaway for you from this, guys, is that nutrients are different and... You cannot get your omega-3 fatty acids from some bullshit flaxseed oil. You need to actually eat your fatty fish. And when you hear somebody talking about vegan and vegetarian diet and how it's all wonderful, uh, somehow they forget to talk about or they are not even really aware of the fact that that vegetarian and vegan diet, uh, it's proven to be not sustainable for a healthy human Body, It might be sustainable for a planet, but who's going to enjoy that planet if we all die because of degenerative diseases or because our DNA couldn't triplicate itself or because we have some brain disorder because we don't get those omega-3 fatty acids? Um, So that is a good question. And the second part of it is, um, the second part of this nutrition conversation is about vitamin A. Um, I eat quite a lot of liver. I share these meals on my daily Instagram in my daily Instagram stories to kind of educate people about different nutrients that people need and how I myself deliver those nutrients through foods easily. You don't actually need a lot of liver. Um, different kinds of livers chicken liver beef liver pork liver cod liver duck liver there are so many of them and they have different nutrition profiles so you don't need a lot of them Um, you need for some livers it's like 30 grams for some livers it's 100 grams you don't need a lot of it to get all the vitamin A, and that is vitamin A that is bioavailable and your body recognizes and can actually use. When I also talk to vegetarian vegan people about vitamin A, they start talking about carrots and other vegetables that have better carotene, not vitamin A. But a lot of times they either forget to mention or they just don't know about it that Our body also has to convert beta-carotene into actual vitamin A uh, or retinol that our body needs and can use. And the conversion rate, guess what guys, it also depends on your gut health. Uh, For most people, um, the conversion rate is very poor, Uh, even in the studies, uh, it is with the best scenario. The conversion rate of beta-carotene to vitamin A is 3.8 to 1 in the best-case scenario. Uh, in the worst-case scenario, it's 21, 28 to 1. So basically, you need to eat uh, 28 times as much beta-carotene in order for you to convert, to convert that into vitamin A. And not only that, uh, you also will have to have uh, a pretty healthy gut and you also will have to have a pretty healthy metabolism in the first place and uh 89 90 percent of people these days we just don't have that much health in the first place and so you so you rely on the system that is kind of broken in most cases in the first place uh and again It just, pay attention to these bold statements that you can get some nutrients from anywhere and that vegan and vegetarian diet are so wonderful. Again, they're not proven to be even possible for a healthy human being. In fact, there are quite a few proofs like this of conversion of different nutrients and bioavailability of these nutrients for humans. So quite the opposite proofs of not non-sustainable for a healthy human being Um, non-sustainable diet. Uh, Vegetarian and vegan diets, these diets, they're just not sustainable for a human being. And uh, vitamin A and omega-3 fatty acids, just the nutrients that come up in my practice and in my conversations the most often recently. But then also, you know, vitamin D and, uh, you know, getting your vitamin D from sun is another one. Like most of us do not live in tropics and we do not have access to sun every day of the year. Uh, and we do not do not have uh, time to get in the sun, uh, you know, half naked to absorb all the vitamin D that we need. And so And supplements don't really work that well. And so we still need to consume most of the nutrients essential for life in the form of food. And this this is what this whole conversation is all about. You need to start paying attention to your nutrition. You need to get educated about these nutrients. Otherwise, just don't expect to be your best self. Like you're gonna, you're not gonna have enough energy. Your mental health and emotional health will be compromised. Uh, you're not even gonna be that ambitious and that. Social. If you don't consume the nutrients that your body needs, you're gonna put on weight. Uh, you're gonna have increased inflammation. You're not gonna sleep well. So many things. So many. So many systems will start to break down in your body, and that will lead to less and less productivity and joy uh, that you get from living and uh, so much less energy, and you're going to be less and less of you, the older you're going to get, not more and more of you, so nutrition is crucial, guys, and there is so much myth out there, Um, and of course, to sum it up, intermittent fasting, guys, it matters when you eat and how many times you uh, eat for your metabolism, for your weight loss, for your hunger levels. And whether or not you know calories is the major thing that causes or produces the weight loss, but um, the amount of those calories you consume are regularly going to highly depend on your hunger levels. And that depends on uh, how many times you eat, when you eat, how many hours you sleep, how well you manage your stress, your exercise, your movement activity, All of that affects your body as a system, and then you're going to end up eating certain things or not eating certain things and in certain amounts. So that's it for today, guys. Uh, Intermittent fasting, I've been practicing it for years. Uh, These days, um, I eat usually once a day, and that's my practice, but it's not good for everyone. I do not recommend that doing fasting. I do not recommend that to everyone at all. Like, you gotta really design your meals super well in order for you to be able to maintain one meal a day and stay healthy and productive and robust. Uh, But if you need any advice on intermittent fasting, if you have questions on intermittent fasting on one meal a day, on the uh, foods that you probably want to be eating in that one meal a day every single day, so any questions about intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, uh, eating uh, in according according to your circadian biology, and uh, weight loss and fat loss and health with intermittent fasting. So, all of that feel free to reach out either on my email you can find in the show notes or any social media just uh, text me message me and i'll be happy to help you by answering any questions you have so that being said Thank you guys for tuning in, for taking care of your health, for learning and improving your health and improving your life. And that's how we improve the world and the life of others, only by being our best self. If you re- if you barely survive yourself, then you're not going to be able to help anyone. You're going to be just in that stressed state, trying to take care of yourself first and foremost. And that's why taking care of yourself is a selfish and unselfish thing that makes the world better for all of us. So thank you, guys. I love you. appreciate you. I wish you a lot of health. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily.